This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Yo! Mr. Adam X here, your host of the Pursuit Podcast. Y'all know what it is. It's the Pursuit. It's on the Auto Collective. We cover everything. We cover telemark. We cover wrestling. Hint for next week. We cover skiing. We cover snowboarding, climbing. We do it all. It's the podcast for the people by the person. I am the person. I am Mr. Adam X. Thank you for listening to my show. If you listen to this show and you enjoy it, please leave a five-star review. You know, mention Mr. Adam X. Mention Adam X. Why you like it. Why you love it. Why you hate it. Let me know. Slide into my DMs at Mr. Adam X. We've got a banger episode. Before we get into that episode, before we even talk about that episode, I'm going to speak about the people that make these episodes happen. You know, the people that support this, the Auto Collective, everything we do here. My first sponsor this week is our friends over at Deuter. Dude, it's Deuter. What is Deuter? They're a bag company. They're a company that they've been making bags for ever don't quote me on the date but forever they're built for durability which is why our friends over at deuter have a no questions asked lifetime guarantee they promise to repair any deuter pack free of charge no matter its generation or the reason for the damage or defect they're pfc free since 2020 which means they care about the planet what a concept Uh, and they have the deuter promise for the planet and the people the world is round circular and everything in it is connected with one giant circular system we need to be honest we don't want to greenwash the whole thing to make us feel better about ourselves our vision is much bigger than that we call it together for 360 responsibility and it represents the holistic and all-encompassing approach we take to doing business sustainably. It may not be the easiest path and it's certainly not the most direct one, but Deuter's convinced that it will be a more sustainable future in the end. What a concept, people. A brand that makes rad stuff, it's got a lifetime guarantee and they care about the planet. Head on over to Deuter.com. That's D-E-U-T-E-R.com. Get yourself a pack. It's touring season. We're getting there. I'm running the Freerider Pro 34 Plus. It fits like a 34, but with 10 extra liters for all your snacks. I put chicken finger subs in there. I put pizzas in there. Deuter.com. Check it out. And let's jump right into my second sponsor this week, our friends over at Pomoka. You know what Pomoka is by now. It's the work of Swiss engineering, pioneered, tested, and designed in the Alps. Guys, they make good stuff. It's really simple. Their claim, always forward. They're fascinated by what lies ahead, leaving the ordinary behind to shape the future how they want it. They remain focused on where we are going breaking boundaries, finding new innovations, and pushing for a better future. Do you guys get a theme here? The brands we work with care about the future. They're the leading skin manufacturer worldwide. There's your answer. Why would you go with anyone else? This is what they do. They're the most trusted skin brand for athletes globally. Michelle Parker, Cody Townsend. Come on, come on, y'all. Why are they the most trusted? Why are all these athletes using it? Proven reliability with grip, glide, and safety. Again, safety. Skins are a safety product. That is your tool for getting you out 
of insane terrain. They're just like snow tires. When you're thinking about the skins, when you're thinking about that gear that's gonna get you in, up, and out of the mountains, think Pomoka. Head on over to your local dealer, ask for those pink skins, ask for Pomoka skins, go get them, local retailer, retailer Pomoka skins. Okay, time to get into the episode. This week's guest, CJ over at Telecalo, Telemark Skiing. We're talking about it, we're memeing it, we're doing it. Why? To build a community. That's what Telemark is. If I can answer that in any greater form, it's a community. Building that community, CJ's doing it, he's he's laying the groundwork, and he's creating something. It's something beautiful. We talk about his film, this is Telemark, and it's just such a feel-good episode, and I'm hyped for you to be here, and I'm hyped for you to listen, so let's get right into it. Enjoy. CJ... Telecolo. It's Telecolo, right? It's not Telecolo. I never know how to say this. It's it's Telecolon or colon to uh, some people, apparently. <laughs> they find out that I, I had gotten a doctorate and they're like, is this some sort of like medical transitionary company or something like that? But no, it's, uh, what do I say? I guess Telecolo. Yeah, let's go Colo. with Telecolo. Colo. Yeah. Telecolo. Uh, you've been on the show. People know who you are. If they don't, they can listen to the first time we were on the show. Uh, you're kind of like, I'm, I'm going to say it. You're like the new school revolution of telemark. You've created a new <laughs> little community here. Uh, you have a brand new full length ski film yeah. called this is telemark. Yep. I've seen the preview. I have not seen the film yet. Uh, I've got tickets to Burlington spoiler alert. I probably will not be there, uh, but wanted to help donate to the cause <laughs> Send that uh, cardboard cutout. It'll be great. Yeah, that's. I'll just send you a cutout. A um, lot of undertones to like the old school telly turn. What most people I think is Telemark or draws a draws to their brain when they hear Telemark yeah. in the trailer. Tell me about that. Let's just get right into the whole. This is Telemark film. Love it. Yeah. Um, so it's called This Is Telemark, and it. <laughs> there's a little bit of a story there. So obviously, and we may have talked about that in the previous podcast, you know, I'm a, I'm a Florida born kid, obviously now that is running a, a telly project or what have you typical origin story. Um, but I grew up influenced by skateboarding and skateboard films um, to be able to, you know, be a kid in middle school and see these different films coming out from different companies to see like, this is what's happening in LA on the rail game, or this is what's happening in San Diego with the dorky curb skating. And, you know, this is what's happening in New York was really influential to me being a Florida skateboarder and not knowing what else was going on. Um, and one of the biggest skateboarding films to me was actually the motivation for the name. This is Telemark. Can you guess what that movie name was? I have no idea, dude. <laughs> this is skateboarding <laughs> was the name of it. So not I was going to say of, uh, this is it. And I was like, shit, yeah. <laughs> that's not the answer. Not, not a lot of aggressively creative titling coming from, from TC whatsoever. Um, but that was actually kind of the motivation for the title of This is Telemark was kind of a, um, I guess, a, a little personal tip of the hat to a movie. It was from a, a company that's still around called America that makes skate shoes. That was just absolutely beautiful. It was the first time I heard The Cure. So that was really cool, you know, <laughs> and seeing like Andrew Reynolds, who is from Lakewood, Florida and stuff like that. So that when I was trying to come up with like, 
I want to finally make a full length film. My head immediately went to skateboard films and to this is skateboarding. Um, so that was kind of the name I came up with. And that was the name I used for the proposals with this little synopsis and everything else. And after I kind of did it and I'm going through the season, I actually started to have some like stress and hesitation about the title. Cause it's like, oh, wow. If you look at this without the background of like where I got this title from, it seems pretty damn cocky to be running around like, Hey guys, do you know, this is in fact what telemark skiing is, or this is telemark skiing right now, you know? Um, but what it really turned into is more of like an exploration into all of the friends and quote unquote teleathletes and stuff like that, that I've met and been introduced to through, you know, the five or so years that I've ran this project and kind of like a look into their different styles and characters and personalities, very similar to just what teleskiing is in general, which is, you know, you can have the high stance and people with low stances are going to say you're wrong. You can have the low stance and people with high stances are going to say you're wrong. You can have that medium stance and everyone says you should be snowboarding, like all of this different stuff, you know, to like look into the park skiing and the urban skiing and, you know, the backcountry skiing and resort and these fun crews and everything else. Um, and to bring in, I guess that's my super long way of answering your original question, like going into the older film clips, which actually comes from a movie called, um, the telemark movie, which was coming from NATO. So the North American telemark organization with Dickie hall, um, I actually reached out to Dickie and got permission to use clips from the movie. And for me, that was kind of a fun way to like draw a parallel or a, a contrast between what I think some goofy outsider perspective maybe of telemark skiing which could be you know really flimsy gear you know fun outfits that are you know reminiscent of the 80s because the movie came out in 1987 um and stuff like that but the kind of fun part is is you see a lot of these contradictions or i guess like the differences between what telly was then and what it is now in terms of like jumping and stuff like that but you also see a lot of cool similarities too you know like we have this kind of semi-dirt skiing segment and going through the the telemark movie you know there's scenes where they're just skinning on grass and there's not an ounce of snow to be seen anywhere and there's like scenes of them getting pulled behind you know a snow sled and you know we have elijah vargas that's using the winch to get pulled up to rails and stuff like that so it's like as many differences you can find between just like the style of skiing and the equipment you also see similarities and just like the personalities and the looseness and kind of the dorkiness and fun in telemark too so kind of played a lot with that in the movie as well yeah i i haven't seen it so i don't i don't know too much about it would you say it's a backcountry film an urban film or is it everything it's it's a telemark film yeah it's a it's a telemark movie i've like weirdly decided i'll, I'll slip and say film but um, for some reason, film always seems like I'm trying to make it sound more fancy than it is, but truly what it is, is like a movie with segments of my friends doing the shit that they love to do on telemark gear, you know, and it, you could even argue it's, it's a skiing movie where everyone just happens to be on telemark gear, you know, if you even want to like go into some weird, like semantic or something like that. Cause it truly is about people in this world that like sliding on snow or sometimes dirt or rails or whatever. And they happen to have tele gear and opportunity for people to kind of see at least what like our little crew is about and all of it. Would you say, when did you plan on doing a full length movie? Like, was this the plan going into last season? Did you end up with a bunch of footage and you're like, Oh, we should just make 
now I don't want to call it a film. We should make a movie. <laughs> um, but does that make sense? Like, did you come in? Yeah. I know you've done shorts before. The shorts. I mean, they were 17, 17 minute films, <laughs> movies. Yeah, they weren't short. <laughs> Um, but was it a plan? Did you go out filming? Did you have helicopters? Is this a big production? What does this look? What does the team look like? Probably the most planned thing this whole project has done yet in the five years of starting this thing. Um, you know, it isn't like TC was started with like a five-year business plan or anything, right? Like it was started with like, you know, I use koozies. It'll be fun to print on that and maybe meet up with some friends, then start doing contests and stuff. But um, for me, I always thought it would be fun to, you know, we're seeing in the ski world now with movies, except for like TGR and matchstick and everything. A lot of people are going into the short film format, like level one's free ski tour and stuff. And I think that's a pretty rad opportunity to kind of, I guess, split different characters and personalities through the editing, who's like the main star in it, the music and stuff without like having to meet the completeness that you have to achieve with like a full length film where it's like 52 minutes of something that has to somewhat resemble each other as you go through it through like titling and music and yada, yada. Um, but for me, you know, it's been a while from what I recall where there's been like a 50 minute plus, you know, telemark movie that's come out since like, I think I can't remember what year lipstick did their last one, but I think early like 2010s or so. And that was a time, that ended before I really got into tele skiing. So since I started Telemark skiing, I haven't been able to go to, you know, more ski film premieres or ski movie premieres, especially with just tele. So it's kind of a fun challenge for me to just try to put it together. Um, the team in it. So that, that was a planned thing like last summer. And then just going through the motions all of last season of like, all right, are these segments that I thought we were going to have still panning out? Who's having a good season? Who's having a bad season? And then just kind of like, making those revisions to the skeleton in the movie as we went through the season until it's like, all right, there's no longer snow anywhere. Now we just have the footage. Now it's time to put it together and figure out what in the hell this is <laughs> going to look like. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, I do think it's the ski industry can be so, I don't want to say stale. Cause I, that's like a shot at every athlete and snowboard film and ski film. But it's fun to watch something different. And I've said it to you. I said it to you on the last podcast. Like, it's weird to me that there's never a telemark skier in a ski film. Yeah. Or a snowboard film. Or, a you know, they do ski snowboard films. That does exist. So, like, telemark skiing is skiing. It's yeah. different, but it's skiing. And there are telemark skiers at a level that could be in these segments. Like, oh, yeah. Like, that exists. Because I think there was a while where... It, didn't necessarily exist um, where like the level was so different that like it didn't make sense to put telemark in, but now the level's there. Um, it, go ahead. Yeah. And I think there's been a little bit of a transition to or weird periods where, you know, there was a period of time where longer tele movies were coming out and the, the skill level was high and fit with other skill levels that were, that existed in snowboarding or skiing. And that's why you would see it in like Sweetgrass movies where you had the mix or Warren Miller was picking it up. There's even like Telly Park segments in some of the Warren Miller films um, that's over towards Breck. I can't remember what that movie's called. Um, but I think there is that period. And then there was a period of maybe some Telemark skiers kind of got out of it, but also some Telemark skiers weren't just weren't being highlighted. So maybe the talent still existed, but it wasn't 
being provided a stage where other companies could see that it was happening, you know, and if they're not seeing it, you know, in this fast paced world with the billion 11 year olds that can already do like triples and shit like that, you know, like it's hard to find somebody actively unless it's being shown to you. And that's been kind of a, a purpose of what I've been doing too, is just to kind of present, you know, there, there's way more telemark athletes that rip that are outside of who's in this is telemark but to at least present the people I've been able to interact with and film with so that, you know, Alpine companies or snowboard companies or just outdoor enthusiasts can see it and maybe gain some interest, you know, like Ty Dayberry has a, has a segment in it. That's absolutely crushing. And that to me, like that segment could fit in any ski film that came out this year, you know, and Elijah has this epic urban segment. That's weird. There's a lot of telly tricks, same thing for Greg Yearsley that I think could fit really well into like a level one roster and stuff like that. So it's kind of just like trying to like pull all of the talent out of the shadows again and let people see it again and hopefully get hyped or talk shit, whatever you want to do, you know, like <laughs> I think kind of seeing it and being like, this doesn't vibe with me is a great motivation for you to be like, I'm going to show what vibes with me and you create your own movies. And all of a sudden we see more telly movies coming out of the woodworks with all of these rad people. Yeah. It's giving it. it I mean, what you've done is kind of, you know, I always say awaketh, but you've like awoke everybody again and given <laughs> them a place to go and and send their clips and have hopes of like being in a ski film yeah. and being in a touring film. So it's super exciting. Um, I can't wait to see it. Is there anything that you did in the film that you wish you hadn't? Like you Whoa. watch it, you've just watched it. You just finished a tour, a full west coast tour i don't know how many stops it was but like you watch it and at you know 12 minutes and 54 seconds that segment comes up and it's not a person it's just like a, a edit you did or and you're yeah. like ah is there something oh, yeah. in that film i mean for sure and especially too and like obviously i've seen the movie more times than i ever want to count or see again you know um but I think when you watch it while you're editing, you're kind of in the moment of stress where it's like, oh, crap, people have bought tickets to the show for a movie that's fully not done on my computer yet. So you're kind of observing it and digesting it in one way. But then when you're touring it and you're sitting there with a bunch of like telly friends and outdoor snow friends or whoever got dragged into that showing and you're watching it and you're hearing the reactions, you get that like third person view of like, oh, this was intended to go this way, but it went that way. So there's there's definitely sections that like I thought were nice to have them gapped out a little bit more with lower audio that after I've seen it now, I'm like, oh, I need to tighten these up so there's like a tighter audio transition and less silence. Um, yeah, there's a couple of shots I look at. I'm like, you know, I didn't I didn't get like a C plus on that shot. You know, <laughs> like it, it fits and I'm glad the trick is in there, but like I could have done at least medium better on this thing to make it an okay shot. But um, I, I think that's all like, you know, it's kind of like pixel peeping, you know, where it's like you zoom in so much. And now I've gotten to the point where I'm not looking at the movie as a whole. I'm just like overly dissecting it. Like, oh, I thought the crowd was going to react this way. So I left a little bit of space there. But come to find out, I was super wrong on that. So I need to kind of clean up that space, you know. Um, so it's things like that. But like, weirdly enough and i'm usually the person that's just super anxiety ridden with everything i'm i'm pretty stoked on how it's come out i'm stoked on you know how much the writers like their segments i'm stoked on the cross section all of it um all the music's fully licensed in it Shocking. which is like which is which 
offers a really big challenge. And I don't mean like Soundstripe, Soundstripe or Artlist license, like went through Spotify and would find bands I liked and then would find like radio bands that had less followers and then would go through that and find all these smaller bands. And it was like a pretty fun exploration this winter to find all these bands I'd never heard of. Like there's a band out of Seattle called Tourist Activities that has uh, one of the Ender songs. And I think they have like 500 monthly followers. And to me, it's absolutely underrated. Like they should have millions of followers on there. Um, they're super rad people. They were stoked to be a part of the movie, which is cool to work with people that are like, Oh, sure. I can be a part of this project. Like they're stoked. I'm stoked. Um, they even tried to buy like a beanie and a shirt and stuff off our website. And I had to respond to them. Like, you're not paying for stuff from us. Like you just gave <laughs> us this awesome song. Like I want to support your project. You're not giving us money for a beanie right now. You know, that's sick. You should put together. If you haven't put together a Spotify playlist, like put the soundtrack together. I'll yeah. add it to my Telemark playlist, which is just created Nickelback right now, but I will add it <laughs> to my Adam X Telemark playlist. That is Weird. On... That's the whole soundtrack of this movie too. So you guys can look it up, doubles. but no, you should. I mean, I think that's, you know, like I'm sure there are people that type in like Telemark playlist on Spotify. Yeah. Um, and why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't you put all that into one place so that we can listen? Maybe you wait till the movie's out. So we've heard it all. So sure. no surprises, but Maybe not. Maybe you put it out and then the people who haven't seen the film yet will know the soundtrack. And then that like that's the coolest part of ski soundtracks, I think, is like, yeah, you know, oh, those I songs from that segment. Like you're like, oh, that's that. That's that piece from that segment. Like, that's that. You know what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. So you oh, should like, put them all in one place. I got all of my music through skateboarding videos. Like I said, I mean, it's like one of the big things I remember from this is skateboarding was the cure close to me and be like, what in the world is this? And then kind of going into all of that, you know, and I, I, I take a lot of, like, I put a lot of effort into the editing and the titling and color correction and all that crap. That's not super glamorous, but like, to me, the soundtrack is so important. I'd almost rather see, you know, more, not saying this is what this movie is, but just talking in general, like, I'd rather see lesser skiing with better music than really good skiing with like that same cinematic impact whooshing violin <laughs> track that we've all heard off of like the license sites that we get nowadays where it's like, I've seen this segment before. The person looks different. I know the year this was filmed was different, but the tone is the same, you know? So I, yeah, I put a lot of energy into it and it's rad that like during these showings, people were taking photos of the music credits list and, you know, uh, Crawford was with me. Telly Craw was with me to help through the tour. And he was saying how like people were shazamming the songs that he could see while the segments were playing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm stoked that people were jazzed on that. And I've actually been recommended to do the Spotify playlist. So I think it, think it's going to have to go down and we'll just merge it with your Creed and Nickelback. And it's uh, pretty good play really playlist good right now. It's it fires <laughs> for sure. Um, how many stops did you do? Oh, um, I think this part was 12 or 13. Someone can fact check me on that, but it was 12 or 13 over, um, a week and a half. So maybe it was like 11 or 12. Cause essentially we had like a week and five days that we were traveling. And two of those days were actually days we didn't do a show. Um, they're all, you know, spaced out pretty efficiently bad where it was always like five and a half hours to seven hours per day of driving right into a show, which, um, starts to beat you up but it's rad because like we would go through these low points of like waking up in the morning figure out like remind yourself what city you're in 
kind of get that dialed, have your coffee or whatever your advice is, wake up, do the five and a half hour drives to point B being the city you were doing that night. And like, it gets pretty exhausting, but the moment like the title screen set up and people start rolling in and you start chatting with people that haven't seen the movie yet that are excited to either see the movie or hang out or both, like the energy would immediately pop back up again, which was good. It was almost like taking a hit of your, uh, your favorite jam, I guess is how I'll put it. Like, every night, we're like, I need this. And thankfully, like everyone that showed up to these shows were the things I need to like wake back up again, get super excited to show it, talk to people and, and everything else. Um, but after that, like we've got the Thanksgiving week, apparently, which is what I was told this week is. And then um, we'll be doing a Breck showing and then flying out to South Lake Tahoe to meet up with Ty Dayberry to do a showing over there. Um, the following week, we're going to be doing the one at J skis and ski the East. And there's a couple of licensed locations that are going on. We've got one going on in Squamish and then probably steamboat and still trying to like figure out a couple little satellite showings. But now it kind of like transitions from the driving everything's day after day to like a little bit of a break, pack everything up, get in a plane, hope I don't lose all my shit and like get to that location and do another showing. When will it be released? Will it be released online? Um, yeah, the plan, that's the scary part now. It's very different from when I used to do skate films is like, the plan is to try to put this on and, and actually monetize it just to help raise funds to keep doing these movie projects and everything else. Um, but it's tough because, you know, back in the day when I would do escape movies, everything goes to a DVD. So even if you license the music or whatever, or you did it sometimes, um, <laughs> You put it on the DVD, you sell it for like nine bucks at a premiere or whatever, and you're good to go. But now, like, I think 40% of the people that I had surveyed through TC actually has access to a way to play a DVD now, which means like you have to go through the streaming options of like YouTube rent or purchase or whatever. And even though all the music's licensed, it just gets flagged in such a weird way where it's like, I know there's going to be a battle to try to put this thing online and actually have it available for rent or for purchase and eventually like for free or whatever else. So um, it, that's still like a pending question that I need to figure out is upload the movie, see where it yells at me, then try to reach back out to the bands and hopefully like get it all cleared up in a, a decent fashion. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you can host now. it on your, on your own page. And then just have it be like a donation wall and like you can donate nothing. And I find yeah. sometimes with projects like this, you end up getting more and you get more views and you end up getting more. Not that it's all about money, but this takes money. Right. Like, like anyone listening, CJ's not like, like he's not like on a yacht doing this right now. Like, <laughs> like he's not, if he breaks even, he's winning with, the, yeah. with this, with this whole project. Um, we don't need to get into finances, but sometimes I find, and you have to trust, you know, you have to trust your consumer, but like you give it away for free with the donation thing on your website and like people can donate $0. They can donate a dollar. They can donate a hundred bucks. And yeah. sometimes that works out, but now you're hosting on your own page. No, that's actually, a, I haven't even thought about that. That's a super good call. Um, and I actually kind of like explored with that a little bit this year for the ticketing for the showings, you know, some of them depends on the venue and kind of historically what they do and trying to match up. So this show isn't, you know, an outlier to how they typically run shows. Um, but some, you know, had a hard ticket price, but a lot of them are for free, but it has an option to donate. 
And that was actually a recommendation by my partner because I have a hard time kind of asking for like help or donations or money or anything like that. And for me, I always have hesitation. Like if I'm going to try to ask for money or even provide an avenue for you to give me anything, like I want the product to be awesome. I don't want it to be something that I feel like I half ass just to like check a box or anything else. Um, so I've always kind of had a tough time with that, but she kind of convinced me to allow that donation option. Um, and it worked out really well. Like it kind of blew, blew my mind how much like the tele community and the snow community, you know, whoever, whoever's coming to these showings were willing to throw in like five bucks or 10 bucks or something on a show that they could just walk in without a ticket for free or whatever. And like, you know, I, I think people may not realize like seeing five bucks pop up as a donation is absolutely huge for me. You know, it's, it's huge because it covers a little bit of gas for this season to travel to another spot to film somebody or a little bit of food or like some of the hotel room or, you know, beers for someone that let us sleep on the couch while we're doing the tour and stuff like that. Like it's, it's such a big thing to have coming in, but I have such a hesitation with asking money. So it's just like trying to navigate, like, I would love to keep doing this year after year so people can either get stoked or hate it or get motivated or whatever, you know, but also like not be a hundred grand into debt in three years and be like, cool, well, that was, that was real fun. What am I going to do to get out of this now? You know? Well, it's not realistic. So I think I, yeah. I mean, nothing is free. And I think we know that now. Um, I think most people listening understand that nothing is free and, you know, I'm so willing to give, six dollars to starbucks to get a coffee even though i hate right. it but i'm like i'll yeah. do that so like six bucks to you versus six bucks to starbucks not saying you're financial but like for this project specifically six dollars yeah. goes a long way like that's oh, it's huge i get stoked out when i get those emails <laughs> it's it's the same people sell stickers for like two bucks like it's not about the sticker it's the two dollars yeah. like that yeah adds up and it's I know it's neat and it's a neat position to like put the, the community in because it is a community. And I, I do truly believe that the telemark community is like growing. Someone asked me recently, they were like, Hey, is telemark growing or is it just cause I'm in close proximity to you? Cause I always post it and talk about <laughs> right. it. Right. And I was like, I genuinely believe it's growing. And I don't know if everyone's just coming out of the woodwork I don't know if it's because you've given them a place to showcase these things, but like, it seems like it's palpable again. Um, yeah. You know, companies are like releasing new products and there's murmurs of new products and we're not going to talk about that possible <laughs> new product that might not exist. High. Um, but like, it's exciting. It's pal people are, it's, it's, it's an interesting time for this sport. Um, and it, I don't know where I'm going with that other than just like the donation thing is kind of an opportunity to one. It's like a poll, right? Like you yeah. can, you're, you're getting live data on the community and what they are into and if they're willing to donate and if they don't, it doesn't mean anything. You don't have to, there's times where I yeah. have $0. I'm like, I can't, I, I have, I can't save this dog. Like I can't, I have to eat. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but it, that, and that's okay. But I do think, um, I, I mean, I know this takes a ton of money and 
it's great to see it's great to see a full tour of it happen and i really liked the donate thing because it's a way that like i don't want to toot my own horn but like it's a way i can support like i'm not going to go to the show in burlington there's a seven percent chance i make that show love it but like it's a very easy way for me to be like one put my money where my mouth is like i'm on the internet i'm telling people if you want telemark to exist you have to consume like yeah. if you want these things to and i believe that so like if x comes out with a new company i'm gonna buy it i probably won't even ski it that much but i'll buy it and like if you yeah. continue to make films i will help in any way i can to like keep that going i don't have millions of dollars but like if i can buy a ticket to a show that goes into your pocket so you can fly to burlington to get some people stoked that's what this is about and that's what this community is and that's what i think you've built or help yeah build. and it yeah and it uh man it, it is wild yeah the donations have been super awesome to see but like going back to i guess the growth for a second that you were talking about you know i, I think you go through especially with something with telemark there's kind of these different periods that you go through and the first period you experience is like okay you know what telemark skiing is and you're starting to kind of open your eyes and your awareness to it more so there's that effect of like it feels like it's growing but it might be just because i'm paying attention to it now and eventually you kind of break through that threshold and you've done that enough that now you're starting to see you know you've done gone through that period of awareness now you have your baseline that you grow from at that point to see like are there more people on the mountain or more people showing up? I mean, like, you know, these shows can range from what is kind of big to me now. It's not TGR big or matchstick big or, or, you know, advice for girls big or anything like that. But like last year in Denver, I think we sold a, which is our kind of, you know, quote unquote world premiere showing location and everything. Um, I think we sold like 82 tickets or something around there. And then this year we sold, um, it's like 176 or 178, that's which, that's massive which was growth. huge. Yeah. Like to me, I'm stressing looking at the event, right page. Like, I really hope that we at least get the same amount, um, and to more than double it, you know, absolutely blew my mind and seeing all the people that were stoked and like those numbers showed up and it's like, I don't know why that happened. You know, I, I, <laughs> did trailers it's the same instagram account like i hung posters in the same climbing gyms maybe i just hung it at the right time or something like that where it got hyped up um but you know something's happened in this industry in this community in this world that all of a sudden changed it to have almost more like a hundred more people come to this showing um and that was absolutely huge so i mean i i think it's hard to say that it isn't growing when something like that is happening and obviously that's just from my perspective with the things I've done that doesn't speak to, you know, sales in the industry or anything like that. But I think at least the interest is growing, whether it's a telemark here that's been doing it for 40 years, been doing it for one year or who has no idea what it is at all. Yeah. I, here's my question. What is with telemark skiers who, <laughs> if you, I notoriously nag on telemark. I think we all know that it's open. Everyone knows their immediate go-to is well you just can't do it you're just not good <laughs> at it like and let me put this in comparison if i say i don't like road biking or road biking is stupid not one road biker on the planet is like well you're just not a good road biker right but telemark specifically the second i say that telemark is dumb 
Everyone's like, you can't do it. You don't know how to do it. <laughs> Why? Bing, 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 bong. Got to interrupt this episode. I know we're talking about it. CJ and I are going hard. But I got to interrupt this episode to talk about our brand new sponsor here at The Collective and The Pursuit Podcast, our friends over at Sweet Protection. This ain't your parents' helmet. These ain't your parents' goggles. Much sexier, muted colors come from the old 90s skateboarding. Our friends over there, the founders, skateboarding was illegal on the border of Norway and Sweden. So what did they do? They built illegal skateboard ramps, which led them to creating Sweet Protection. And it's there's two things in that name. Sweet, the products are sweet, but there's protection. They manufacture and produce all their own lenses. They're ballistic rated. The rig system is proprietary to them. Everything is designed to protect your pretty little face. It looks good. It feels good. It's a small team. And most of all, it's made to protect your little face. Sweet protection. Check it out. I'm digging it. I'm going to do a full review uh, on my Instagram, maybe later this week, I'm going to break down the Connor Rig Reflect goggle. That's what I will be rocking this year. Again, it's not your parents' helmet. It's much sexier. The colors are absolute fire. And here, here's the most important part. Protection. They are sweet, but it's also protection. Let's protect those pretty little faces. Let's protect our heads. Go on over to Sweet Protection. Check it out. See what they got. Go to a local retailer. Put it on, try it, buy it. We love it. Sweet protection. And my final sponsor this week is our friends over at Off-Piece Provisions. What's Off-Piece? It's a New Zealand brand on a journey to create a thriving planet for all. They make plant-based adventure snacks. Made with all the good stuff, packed with protein, and free of all the BS. They're here to offer an epic alternative to your everyday with a nod to a more sustainable future. You guys getting a hint here? Using leading food techs to provide smart, affordable nutrition solution for those that adventure in the outdoors. That's a lot to take in. It's off-piece provisions, plant-based jerky made for active outdoor adventurers, tailored to those that need clean, protein-rich fuel during big days and efforts. I'm talking 22 grams in a pack here. Tastes like meat, chews like the real thing, Clean ingredients that make it gluten, soy, gluten-free, soy-free, and vegan-friendly. Guys, I, that's what I'm supposed to read. That's what I'm supposed to tell you. Off-piece provision, it tastes like beef jerky. It tastes, I don't want to say it tastes real because it is real. And it's so good. This is, I'm not saying like you have to be a vegetarian or a vegan. Those are just highlights. Like you can be a vegetarian and vegan and enjoy this. Uh, they care about the planet. It tastes good. It's like, holy cow, uh, plant-based protein that doesn't taste like shit. What a concept. Off-Piste is giving our listeners, that's you guys, 25% off your first purchase. Available on Amazon using 25 Collective. You can send me a DM if you don't remember it. I will send it to you. Or you can use the link in the show notes. Head on over to offpieceprovisions.com. Use the link. Use the code DM me back to the episode. Also, you represent all of Telemark at this very moment. So for sure. Is- yeah, <laughs> it, that is a funny thing that I've noticed, whether it's like personal things or, or like seeing your post, which is always funny because like 
you'll have that. And I see that pop up, but what you posted is actually a photo or a video of you ripping, but they're like, Oh, like, you know, you're not doing what that guy's doing. You're like, Oh, that, that, that's, that me. is me though. That's the like, joke. Oh, you're lying or <laughs> whatever. Um, I I've always kind of like weirdly put it in this way of like, it's the same. There's a lot of passion that comes from people that have gone through that really painful barrier of entry into telemark skiing. And that barrier of entry can be, trying to get the boots or the skis or the bindings or just trying to get the skill level up to a point where like it's not absolutely unbearable to be on the mountain with that gear you know and like that release or that free heel and everything else um so i think going through that they you gain a lot of like pride and a lot of kind of like a really strong intimate relationship with what that sport is and how to do it very similar to like moving to a new town or being in a town for 20 years and finding like that most bomb awesome sandwich shop where it's like <laughs> you went the process of getting these like really shitty meatball subs and you finally found that spot that has like the best marinara the most freshly baked roll best like meatballs or whatever and you're gonna have pride on that where if someone talks shit about it you're gonna tell them oh like you just don't understand the science and beauty of a meatball sub or you just don't know what you're talking about you know and like, I feel like that is kind of like telemark skiing where someone's like, oh, like, I just don't do it. And they're like, oh, well, you probably suck because I can't understand any other reasoning that you wouldn't do this, something that I hold very dear to my heart and that I love, you know, and it is funny because like you see an alpiner out there and it is you don't think like, oh, you couldn't snowboard. So you went to alpine or vice versa. But like, I don't know, dude, there's a there's a lot of passion in telly. And I think just for some reason it comes out to like, there's no other reason you wouldn't do this except for that. You're just like really hot garbage at it. You know, it's not because you like skiing better or you like snowboarding better, or you just kind of hate it all. You know, like it's gotta be that you couldn't figure it out. Like I figured it out. Yeah. There's no other plausible reason that I don't like <laughs> telemark other than I'm bad at it. And I am hot garbage. I'm just not hot garbage at telemark skiing. That's right. Like right. The shit. And the I just, that personality thing not a, a skiing yeah. athleticism thing. and i do believe and i pride myself on this that like in order to talk shit on it you have to be able to do it and like oh, yeah. that is yeah. like that's my favorite thing in the world and then when someone's like and i'm a troll i mean look at my hair i'm fucking standing <laughs> but like it's like nothing is better than like if you could arc a turn like that kid then you wouldn't be saying that and i'm like that is me I yeah. am that kid arcing that turn on those fucking LibTech wonder sticks, which is also a miracle in itself that I could turn <laughs> them and then add a telemark binding. That's how good I am at skiing. No, um, it's so bizarre, but I think, I think you're right. I think you hit the nail. I think it's just a passion thing. I think they like, can't, they went through like these, like, I don't want to say they jumped through these hoops to figure this thing out. That is like not natural feeling in the beginning. It's a very unnatural yeah. thing um, to get to that level. And then for someone to be like, I don't like that. It just blows their mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's you, you have to break through their love and passion and it, it can feel offensive where you've put all of this time into something and someone's just like, not for me, you know, it's not but, for like me. it can, it's kind of like if you, you know, you have a friend and you have this like new album that came out from a band that you love and you send it over to them and they're just like, one, they either like leave it on read and they never respond. And you're like, wait, you were immediately blown away by this and had to talk to me about it. Or they're just like, yeah, I don't know. You yeah, don't like fine. it. Like, not for me. That isn't like, it hurts my feelings. I understand that I have a very particular interest in music and bands and stuff. But like, 
still hurts a little bit if people aren't exactly jazzed on something that I love. And I think that's what the, the telly effect is. And unfortunately, like it can come out in the way of like, Oh, well, you just suck at it then, you know, like, I, think it's I, great. I think it, it can be coming from a place of like warmth and love, but then it just comes out of a place of like, man, you suck, bud. Yeah. You, <laughs> you just, you, there's no like other, it. there's no other answer in the world. Like you have to suck at this sport. You've either never yeah. done it or you suck at it. If you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I have, <laughs> I have like pigeonholed myself so much into talking shit that like, I have to telemark this year. Like I, yeah. like I don't have it. The first day I telemarked and only day, I know I telemarked twice last year, but like was with you. I was like, I did a preseason lap on like my volets in like, I don't know, November. And then I brought my boots out West specifically to like, hopefully link up with you on world telemark day. And it worked out, but like, it's hard to talk shit and be good at it when you don't do it. <laughs> so, Especially in this community too. Cause people, you can rip and people are going to talk shit because maybe like you're edging as much and you're just sliding the turns more, or you're like dropping the knee a different way or going lower when you should be going higher. Like you could be the absolute ripper and people are going to have comments on it. You know, and oh, I'm, I'm yeah. sure that exists in Alpine and, and, snowboarding too but i think it's so concentrated because there's so few kind of like projects and companies and like i don't know quote unquote like tele famous people that exist in the social media sphere that it's just so much more concentrated just really see the whole community diving into one account being like man that turn was whack even though you just did that turn right off to a 40 foot cliff or something like that you know it's so funny like uh was that georgia she skis really low and there's all these like these yeah. curmudgeons like calling her out on that. And then there's like Maddie telemarks who just like whirly birds down the hill. And there's all these comments, good, bad, like, and you're like, can't you just be like, wow, that is neat. Like Stoked. no one can yeah. just like, it's so, and it happens in everything. It's not just telemark, but right. I, my question is, and I want to pivot after these, I have two questions. One, are you going to do a full length film again? Full length movie. It's not a film. It's yeah. a movie. It's not a Wes <laughs> Anderson video. film. It's a video. Um, yeah, I. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, Full commitment, right here. Yeah, I know this is tough, and, and people have been asking me too. But yes, I am doing everything in my path and pleasure to to make another full length happen. Um, it it's been so fun, and as much as it didn't feel fun when I was sitting in front of Premiere Pro, like leading up to the premiere of just like. I need to get this GD thing done and everything else. Like I'm so stoked with what came out of it. I'm stoked to see what everyone's seeing from it. I'm going to be like hoping to be stoked on what people get motivated from on it, whether they want to like do their own videos or whatever. And yeah, I want to keep that going. So I will go on the record and there's going to be another full length movie or video, not film coming Definitely from DC not a next film. year. Uh, my second question, isn't it? Wait, well, isn't it just great? Like you haven't even finished this tour and we're like, what's next? What's next? What a shit question. Like, are you trying to enjoy like just having this little no. period of time of just nope. touring the movie? It's so snowing. what's your plans? Are you stressed out about next year yet? I'm like, cool. Thanks, bud. <laughs> How do I get in the film? Oh man. Do well, I have to be to good? Me that, yeah, I need that sponsor me video. It's gotta be on YouTube. It's gotta be in like 480p. Um, it's important that the titling in it's really bad. Like really meet all of the check boxes for a sponsor me tape done. Yeah. I am send, send it I, over Adam. I'm putting it on the record that I am making a telemark edit to be submitted to CJ yes. this year. 
it's going to be a mix of, well, I don't have Big Mountain, and I'm not flying out west to ski Big Mountain, but it's going to be Park. So I'm going to be battling all these young curmudgeons. <laughs> Telly Park Mogul Carve Edit. I'm going to revolutionize this fucking sport here. Let's let's do this. Putting it on the record. I got to learn to telemark again. I'm real sad about it. Uh, I'm going to dive into some questions from the internet. So, oh God, uh, yeah. Oh, I might first is does he like the right or left turn better? Ooh, that's a nice question, I guess. Um, <laughs> so for me, when I learned, I could not figure out my left turn and would do that weird like pointing the ski at a forty-five degree angle into your boot sort of thing on the left turn. But the right turn, I felt pretty good at it. Um, and over time it's like, oh, I realized that this left turn is stanky. So I'm going to try to focus on this one. So I've actually like cleaned that one up where it's better than my right turn. So now I've like gone from the right to left transition. We're now like, I, if I'm dropping in on something that feels a little steeper to me or like a little weirder to go entry, I'm left turn first. I'm the opposite. I'm right turn first. When yeah, I, when I skied yeah. superior. Yin and yang on this podcast, yeah. it's fine. When I skied superior, I made a. I like was forced to make a left turn on telly uh-huh. and um, immediately like top mahawked and took my skis off and, <laughs> and went to the top again. And that was like, that was my revelation of telemark. That was like my last, like true, like beautiful day. I got to the bottom. You like hitchhike to the top. If you've never done superior, like hitchhike back up to Alta. Okay. And, um, I mean, you can walk, but, and I was like, right. I think I've done, all I need to do on telemark. That was like my trip home. I was like, <laughs> like I'm good. That's real. That was like my epiphany was like on superior. I like ripped it other than like tomahawking on my first turn. I like, you got to get that out of your system. Started over. Well, you hike so much that you like the first turns the hardest. Cause you're not, but long yeah. story long, that was like my epiphany. I like looked up at superior and that's like a majestic fucking creature anyway. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm good. And then I just alpined from like almost like <laughs> almost like that from that season on at the end of that season. It was like I was game on. But um, best hot well, spot. I, I, I got a question, though, with that. Okay. Does it change going switch versus regular on your favorite foot? I don't know the answer to that. I can't really turn. Does. I'm thinking like going switch. I actually like the right foot dropping versus the left. I feel more comfortable with that one. So I'm actually backwards. When going backwards. See, I can't really turn my head to the right because of like neck injuries. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't it's, have an answer to that. It's a head turning thing. Yeah, because I, I have a hard time looking over the left shoulder. So I think that might be where that where that's coming from. Yeah, it's all in the head. Switch skiing yep. is all in the head. Uh, <laughs> best hot spot for Telemark skiers. Ooh, I'm just saying say copper. Piss off all the Alta people. Yeah, I'm saying copper. The, uh, the, the, uh, the, the ski remember. patrol program there, like there's Don't a bunch of really skiers now, like, you know, I'm there. So I'm bringing down that average a little bit, but there's other people that are there that are blowing. I mean, I was even skiing it yesterday and like, there's a handful of people out dropping the knees. So I'm, I'm claiming copper. If you want to experience the hot spot, come to copper. Don't bullshit me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best food. What food best describes Telemark skiers? Oh, the best food to describe Telemark skiers? Well, after I just talk shit about Alta, I feel like it's the Alta bomb, maybe. 
That's a drink. A that's a not little a f- bit. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. It's it's there's calories in it. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't argue you your like, answer. Yeah, you get the the high points of all the caffeine and the low points of the alcohol in there, and you're just running through your waves of high to low with that knee drop. That, um, I'll take. Or I'm gonna say the steam bun. A maybe steam a nice bun. Little, yeah, like a nice steam pork bun. Okay. That yeah. is a. I love that answer so much. <laughs> If you really want a food and you're going to gear me into that corner, the steam, like a barbecue, spicy barbecue pork bun. I would say a a glizzy is telemarketing. Because it's like, no, I don't want it, but I guess I'll have one. Like if you have them, then like, sure, I'll (laughs) eat one. That's how that's telemark skiing. I'm never going to go like actively seek a glizzy. But like if someone hands me one or it's convenient, I'm going to eat one. It's uh. (laughs) That is actually a really good answer and supporting <laughs> answer for why it's the glizzy. Although it just wrecks me inside to hear, and maybe this is so me do glizzies. Now, but like it kills me to hear the term glizzy every single time. Oh god! Like, do we have to make it sound so stupid? That's what it's, it's a, a glizzy. Dog. It's telemark. It's the same. They're like the same. They're parallel. I, I, there, there is an analogy there for like calling a hot dog a glizzy into like how people speak of telemark skiing too. So I, I think you've nailed that one. You've set yourself up for the best answer. Yeah. Well, I had, I read the, I read the questions. Uh, where would you <laughs> like to see the future of the sport? More movies. Easy. Um, I mean, like I, I did, you know, I may keep preaching this, but I honestly started TC out of a, a selfish desire to be able to go to, you know, a telemovie premiere in the fall and to do, you know, more of these little meetups just in Colorado. Like, obviously there's been a lot of big tele festivals that have been happening for decades and decades. So it wasn't like, Oh, none of this is happening, but it was just to make it happen in the place I was at, at that moment in time. Um, I think the movies are rad because it's like a sick opportunity to see, you know, these like, dumpster fire tele skiers or these really like well dialed tele skiers or these park riders or everything come out you're like oh shit that's happening too like this is really sick to see and get motivated by what's going on and music they're listening to the crap they're reading and all this stuff so yeah i just want to see more like real fun movie production stuff and it doesn't even have to be like full-length movies like let's just keep the insta content going of just everyone's cruise i like it i like it um there are one, two, three, fifteen people just said why, <laughs> <laughs> and then one, which I think is important for this, also just wrote. Can I just say done out? <laughs> someone just wrote, "Who hurt you?" <laughs> <laughs> um, what feels better, Telly turns in the pow or? Alpine turns in the pow, and then they wrote an asterisk, assuming that this person has alpine. Never alpine skied before. You're a platinum. Um, I w- what's that? I, we call them platinums. That's what oh, I call yeah. them. Yeah, I went from, but I can answer it with snowboarding. Um, I'm saying the tele turn because the tele turn is pretty much the toe side snowboard turn, anyways. Um, but you're not just like ripping your calves when you're on just like this long traverse until you learn how to, you know, board switch or whatever. Right. So. Yeah, telly turn in the pal with the asterisk of the turns that you make that doesn't just make you go fully ass over tea kettle. Right. The old front punch is very... I'm going to do a lot of those <laughs> filming punch, my edit. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see what else I got here. Sorry, I'm just trolling my DMs now. So, 
should tele skiers have to fail a drug test to get respect from other dr- tele skiers? I like that tele skiers <laughs> just get like the drug thing. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's a fun thing to like poke fun at. I mean, there's all these like fun dorky stereotypes that exist. It's like the patchouli thing, or there's the like, what did the tele skier after he ran out of weed? Like, damn, these bindings suck and crap like that. So I think it's just like. I don't know. It's kind of fun to steer into the skid of these super aged perspectives of like what telemark skiing is to an outsider, you know? Well, glad you asked that one uh, spoiler. Everyone listening, snowboarders, skiers, alpine skiers, telemark skiers all do drugs. No way. Uh, (laughs) um, But uh, there's a question. What do you feel the outside world's AKA non-tele skiers outlook on telemark skiing? I think you kind of hit that already, but. Yeah, well, I I think there's a mix of like appreciation and kind of funny perspective for telemark skiing and for telemark culture. And obviously I've been in this for a bit now, so my my perspective skewed. But I do think that a lot of people from the outside find telemark skiers to be a bit into themselves, a bit self-centered and really focused on what they're doing on the mountain is the correct thing to be doing on the mountain, which I I fully disagree. It's like, if you're out there and having fun, that that's awesome. You know, like you don't have to be a tele skier or alpine skier or snowboarder. So um, I, I think that's kind of a bummer. And that's also like a fun thing I've tried to do with my movies. Is so people from the outside can look in and be like, oh, these people seem super rad and fun. They're not focused on like what they're doing themselves or their type of skiing or, or whatever. So a little, little soul searching answer on that one, I suppose. I like it. I like it. A um, lot of troll questions, not asking those. Have you read Mike and Alan's book? What was your biggest source of learning? Um, my biggest source of learning was my buddy Brian Strickland taking me out for like 40 plus days at Copper Mountain and just yelling at me every day to tell me what I did wrong. Like I would go down and finally feel like I made like a correct right turn or something like that. And I'd be super stoked. And he would look at me and say, you see what you did there? And I would say, yeah, like finally turned in here and this felt comfortable. And, and then he would just kind of backtrack and say, no, did you see what you did wrong there? So it's just a bunch of like negative love the whole time. And that really, you know, having a tele mentor, I think is the best thing you can have. And someone that's willing to go out on, you know, green runs and kind of waste their season to yell at you and tell you, you know, where to orient your feet and, kind of the weight distribution and everything else. But yeah, I did obviously read Mike and Allen's. I have a couple copies of it. Um, those illustrations one are just so fun that I think it makes you become interested in what the actual material is. It's like, oh, this drawing is hilarious. Now I'll figure out what the hell this drawing is trying to tell me. So it's it's definitely helpful, but getting that person to come yell at you for a season is the best thing you can do. Yeah, and to, um, you know, add to that, I think what helped me with Telemark was seeing having that mentor to see what was possible because telemark from an outsider's perspective is like it's still like the leather and lace and it's like this dainty like ballet with the the hill and it's like (laughs) like you know it's old tuas and like new what we'll call new school telemark is violent and it's aggressive and it it attacks the mountain and that's what flipped the switch for me was seeing somebody at a resort, just mobbing. They'd never used telemark as a crutch. And for me, 
when I was a, a full-time tele skier, that was always what I wanted to do. I didn't yeah. like, if I was in the park and I did a five people are like, dude, that's sick for telly. And I'm like, that's sick for Alpine. Um, uh, and <laughs> I'm telly personally, <laughs> but like, right, right, right. But like, yeah, switch telly's dope. And I landed there. I punched the earth hard, but I got it. Um, but like <laughs> it was never a crutch. And yeah, I, you know, the mentor was like, it's not sick for telly. It's just sick. And that was, that always blew my mind. I think that's why to toot my own horn, I became a pretty good telemark skier was because it was never like, while I'm on telly, it was like, no, 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 I'm just skiing. Snowboarders aren't like, I'm on a snowboard. Like, yeah, you just rip. You're just good. It doesn't matter if you're, you're, that's your tool and you, you use it. That doesn't matter. So that the mentor thing I think is just huge to show what's possible and then roping back into like this is telemark like now you're showing a whole you know the film will be better next year not because this one's bad but because there's kids watching it who are like oh you can do that and then it's gonna happen yeah and i love that you you bring it up as a tool because i think that's a question that everyone if you're a telemark skier in the park i feel like that's a pretty common question of like why aren't you alpining where it could be easier on you for landing switch or having more control or what have you? And like, people don't seem to understand that like telemark skiers that are going into park are that they are telemark skiers that enjoy riding rails or boxes or jumps. They're not a park skier that chose to be, I mean, they could be a park skier in origin, but like these are true people that love being on free heel gear that also have interest on hitting rails and stuff like that. You know, like that is, that is who they are as a person and a writer. And that is the tool they choose. And then they just pick the terrain thereafter. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's a tool. It really, I mean, that's how you get down the hill. That's the tool. Um, have you read the obituaries lately? How do we combat hate in this fl- flight binding world? Flight binding. That's what it says. Maybe it's light binding world. Hate like there's hate in the light. Like people don't like the light bindings. I, I'm just what? reading the con. I don't know. I, I guess we can just. Yeah, let's say. OK, let's assume they're assuming there's hate for light bindings. Maybe it's um, like hate for Targas. Maybe it's hate for. Well, that's that's an easy one, though. That's such an easy thing to pick fun on. And like still the G3 Targa is probably. You know, I, I'm going to throw a number like 90% of everyone's entry binding into telemark. You know, it's not it's not aggressive. It's easier to learn on. There's a billion parts, although that's starting to go away. But it is fun to, like, make fun of the Targa as the poster child for not welcoming yourself to new technology. So it's like I think some people hate the binding and other people just like to pick fun at it because it's the Internet and it's the world we live in. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, matter I do it all the time, too. <laughs> it Nothing matters. It doesn't. <laughs> um let me see i got i got one more what percentage of your turns are alpine turns be honest Ooh, um i'd say it's maybe like well it depends if it's in the park i'd say it's maybe like 50 50 60 40 you know like i'm also telly can be a bit peacocking in the park where it's like oh i need to drop that (laughs) one knee just so everybody knows but i've learned like if I try to do that, that's a surefire way that I'm going to eat shit on that next feature and just really set up a bad name for telly. It's the same thing as like when you drop in and you hear someone from the lift chair and they're just like, 
hell yeah telemark in my brain instantly i'm like oh i'm about to eat shit like there's just Crumble. no way i come through this looking good for that person that just yelled that um but like in resort and everything or you know backcountry i try to do it as much as i can you know i'm not gonna tell you when i'm going a mile an hour trying to get back to the lift chair or whatever but I don't, I don't think people need to see that. And I think I think the alpine misconception is that like you're not allowed to alpine turn and like yeah, al it's just another it's another it's a tool in your quiver. Like you have an alpine yeah. turn, you have a tele turn and sometimes like dropping into like a steep couloir, a tele turn is like your best turn. But then there's like a yeah. quick turn that's just like a and you just drop like you're on your heels and you just like boom and then you set up your next turn. Like it's yeah. not and I, when I teach people to telemark, not that I do much anymore, but like, that's what I tell them. Not every turn needs to be a telemark turn because you're on no. like flat terrain. You're like getting off the chairlift and you're like dragging your back foot like, Ooh, and you're like, just, <laughs> yeah. just ride off the chair, just ride off into the sunset. We'll get there. Like you will. There will be plenty of times to, to yeah. do that. We. It's funny because I do get that. Um, it's probably once every couple of shows you hear someone make a comment especially during like the the park and the urban segments that are in the movie whether it's this year's movie or last year's shorts or the shorts before that or like they're not dropping a knee in that it's like well no they're they're telemark skiers that are hitting urban features even though like they're doing telepresses and stuff that seemed to doesn't seem to not count like they want to see it on snow it's like this isn't about just dropping your knee all the time. It's about the people that are in this doing the things they want to do while being telemark skiers. So funny enough, that like seems to come up a lot. And I'll go on the record and say that doing a really fast alpine turn on like a tight radius ski is fun as hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all just skiing. Uh, I want to talk. Apparently, they've they have announced it. 22 Designs has a new binding coming out next year. It will be an in resort binding. They've posted pictures a little bit um some little leaks can you tell us a little bit about it or are you mums the word i'm um i i won't go too deep into it but yeah it's um you know they're looking at doing an inbounds binding which i think is really sick which you know i'm i don't know anything about this but could change you know the price point which makes it a little bit easier for someone to get into ntn or get into telemark without having to buy this souped up binding that has you know a free heel tour mode or pivot mode or whatever um, you know, it's kind of like going from a full sus to a hardtail or something like that, where it's like, if you're riding the trails where you don't really need rear suspension, why don't you save the money and the parts and go to, you know, a hardtail bike or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think that's all I'll say about that. But yeah, there's, there's photos that have popped around, you know, Chris has mentioned it in our, um, telezine that we put out and everything. And I, I think it's something super exciting to look forward to because it does feel like, a little funny to be hitting rails or in the park with an option to be able to skin up afterward, you know, right. <laughs> so they'd be sick to cut that out. Can that's all we'll touch on that. Um, can we still Boom. get the telly zine? What's that? Can we still get the telly zine? Yeah. So there's, I, I totally, so, you know, this whole project has been an experiment of how much will people care about this or have interest? So when I did the zine, which again came from my background doing art books and stuff like that and doing little like zines when I was a kid or through skateboarding or whatever, I had no idea what the interest would be. If it'd be like, all right, three people kind of dig it or a hundred people do, you know, it was kind of a personal project. So I made a hundred of them. They're hand numbered, which I always love to do. Um, and someone's already snagged 
version or the uh the hand numbered one so sorry everybody but 69 is still available no one's claimed the 69 one yet. i, I will take 69 <laughs> um but yeah so we we sold them pretty quickly but i'm gonna keep like a small bundle to release online um it, it honestly might be five or six so it's gonna be just a quick grab for anyone still trying to grab them and for the new shows coming up there will still be a pre-order option if you're you know, getting a free ticket or paying for a ticket or donating, there'll be an option to grab the zine too. But yeah, only only a few of those left, which is super rad. Yeah, it's sick. I can't wait to get it. I can't wait to see it and touch it. Um, CJ, thank you. Where can people follow you? How can they support you? You know the spiel. Yeah, yeah. Um, Telecolo, T-E-L-E-C-O-L-O dot ski is the website with all the info. Um, as much as I can update it about tour stuff video competition stuff we have kings and queens of the heel coming out uh, oh, i didn't January even talk 1st. about that let's <laughs> t- let's talk about it for a minute hang on hang on hang you on know, i just threw that right on in there no like, i need we i had it in my notes but it's on my <laughs> phone and it didn't update to my usually it updates to my computer kings and queens is back um tell me about it and then give me your outro because this is important yeah, yeah. this is like i think this is like this helps build the community because it gives quote unquote, no names, right? Like it gives you an opportunity to like showcase your skill set. Yeah. Um, so it's the fifth year and actually rad enough Kings and Queens is the reason that about 80% of the people that are in this is telemark are in it because I've met them through either a video they submitted for like a little tour thing with it, or they submitted, you know, a Kings and Queens of the heel entry. Um, like Greg Yearsley, he won it the first year. And that's the only reason I knew about Greg. Um, Elijah had submitted a video to kind of coincide with it when we were showing the Kings and Queens entries. Um, yeah, so it's been like a really cool way for me to find out who's around and it gives people motivation to make a movie. But what Kings and Queens of the Heel is, is, um, I guess you can call it like a scavenger hunt, but it's really just the telemark version of King of the Road that came from Thrasher magazine, um, where essentially these pro teams would get together. They'd have, you know, a couple of days to a couple of weeks to essentially, accomplish different challenges in a book that could be like manual challenges, rail challenges, making out with moms at skate park challenges, that sort of thing. So I kind of adapted that to telemark skiing, where it can be anything from, you know, dropping a knee on a green run for 25 points or getting a telemark tattoo for 500 points. Or, you know, one big thing I do is try to push people to support the companies that support the project. So like, buy anything from one of the companies that are a sponsor get 200 points or you know do a two onto a rail um so it's just a fun scavenger hunt where you can get together with your crew of three to five people film these challenges kind of motivate from january 1st to april 1st i'm like oh i can definitely do this and get 50 points or this trick seems somewhat accessible and i can work through it through the season so it's really like a big motivator to like test out your tele skiing, get together with other telemark skiers and make a movie. Um, but yeah, that'll come out January 1st is when the booklet drops and you'll get three months to film and edit it. And then we do the big release on April 1st where we award the team with the most points. And then also like a voter's choice for just like best edit or raddest edit or most fun edit or, or whatever. So it kind of gives the people that like may necessarily not be lacing all of the part points and everything to make a really sick edit and potentially win that way too. Uh, I will, I have to note here that (laughs) I'm in the video that won last year. Therefore I am a winner. Reigning champ right here. Mr. Adam X. This is fact. (laughs) I'm pissed off about it. I didn't get a trophy. I didn't get any recognition. I am in the winning film. Like 
Talk, talk to the blade. There's a trophy that exists. There's a pretty damn nice wood trophy that we make. So just get that little timeshare on there for it. I'm pissed. I'm pissed about it. <laughs> I should own it. They should ship it to me to have for a week. It's like a Stanley Cup. Like everyone gets it for a bit of time. I know. He, he's too busy hogging up those line blades, too, to be able to share that trophy. Oh, those weapons. I'm so mad about that, so too. Sick. He's I got thought me for those so angle. bad when Crawford posted that. <laughs> Same. Everyone listening is like, right okay, CJ, where can we follow you? Um, you know, give give the outro now because I wanted to hit that Kings and Queens. I'm glad you hit it. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, telecaller.ski. Uh, you can check out what's going on, the Kings and Queens of the Heel. Check out movie showings that are coming out. Um, check out when we'll be releasing the movie. However, we figure that one out. Also, you can go to the Instagram page, T E L E C O L O underscore. That brings you to all of our TC nonsense. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Those two things. That's all I can handle. Facebook just exists for doing little event, right? Things. I'm not going to pitch that one. Go to the website, go to the Instagram. Um, you don't need to know anything about my personal Instagram page. It's all nonsense. And, uh, that does it. I love it. CJ, thank you again for an hour of your time to, Shoot oh, yeah. the shit and talk telemark. 